Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Making Waves at Sea Level podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we will explore the interesting stories of business executives, entrepreneurs, and industry leaders who are shaking things up and growing their companies. It is time to make some waves. Now here's your host, Tom Singer. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Making Waves at Sea Level. Thank you for pulling your chair up to this little podcast. I know that there are 2.4 million podcasts that have been started out there in the world, and yet here you are listening to mine, and I greatly appreciate it. And today, we're going to talk about the great resignation and how it's impacting companies. People are leaving companies in record numbers, and we're going to talk about what companies need to be thinking about when we get there. But first, I have to thank one of the sponsors of this episode. So this episode, like all of them, is brought to you by Stanton Chase International, one of the leading global executive search firms serving as trusted advisors to help companies build their senior leadership teams. Now, full disclosure, if you listen to this show regularly, you know that I now work for Stanton Chase International. So if you're looking to build your senior leadership team, reach out to me and I can connect you with the best search consultants in your industry anywhere in the world. All right, so today we're going to talk to Carl Ulrichs. Now, he is a speaker who is really a fixer. What he does is he finds things in business that are broken and he helps put the pieces back together again. And that's kind of awesome. So we're going to talk to him a little bit about what's going on in the world. Why is it broken? Why are people leaving? And what can companies do to fix it? Hey, Carl, welcome to Making Waves at Sea Level. Thank you. And I'm pleased you have me on your quote unquote little show. (laughs) We have some fun around here. I always try to talk to business leaders, uh, entrepreneurs, executives, etc., who can share just different ideas on on how we can shake things up and make some waves. So we're currently in the middle of this record setting number of people just looking at their bosses and going, nope, I'm gone. In fact, in many cases, they don't even have another job. They're just like, I'm done. You know, there's been too much stress in the world. I'm not putting up with this crap anymore. Why is this happening? What do you see out there? Well, it's not new. It's been decades in the building. Uh, It's things got sped up with COVID. And this is one of the things that is, is falling out of it. So it got lots of press, lots of media. But if anybody were to drill into it, it's been going on for a decade and it's not evenly distributed through the workforce. Uh, if, if, as a savvy business leader, you are tracking your high performers separate from your low performers, you'll notice that this is more impactful because it's the high performers that are leaving. Mm. That low performers generally grip their chairs and hope you don't notice. (laughs) Well, and and that's the one thing companies don't want. We don't want our high performers to leave. Sometimes if a low performer leaves, we're like, phew, dodge the bullet of having to push them out the door. I mean, 
Tom, have you ever had a departure where morale went up? Yes. I, I worked in a place where someone left and we literally went out to happy hour because of it. Right. Um, so therefore, first, you know, we're in, I don't know, 90 seconds, two minutes. First thing, be able to track turnover that is in two buckets. Uh, the ones you're glad that are gone and the ones that are painful to have leave and track that by department head. And if you've got a department that's burning through the good people, you have somebody that needs fixing and it's the boss. Yeah. Cause it's true that people don't leave companies, people leave people. So, and I know right. from my own background, the, the, the places I hightailed it out there, it always was because the boss was a jerk and the places that I stayed for a long, long time and, and was sad to leave if I left was always right. when the boss was, was great. So yeah. what are the biggest things that C-level executives, bosses, managers need to be doing right now in this environment? Listening to people. And we're at a time where that's tough because uh, it was described to me that, that leading a business right now is like uh, riding a bicycle with your hair on fire and you're in hell. Um, that, that all of the different plates that are spinning, I don't need to go through them here, um, mean that the very sustainability, the survival of the, uh, the organization, and I don't care if you're in logistics, if you're in manufacturing, operations, business services, doesn't matter. The things aren't normal. And for all of us that have waited 19 months or however many months when this airs, since uh, March 13th, 2020 was, was D-Day, <laughs> uh, for how long you've been waiting since then that normal will reappear, you have wasted your time. Look around you. This is the new normal. And therefore, let's learn the vernacular of it. Let's learn the dialect of it. Let's, let's learn a couple of clever tactics that will enable your organization to, and here's my metric, to retain your high performers 10% longer than your competitors. Is that a competitive advantage? Okay. Well, I've got a couple things we can do. So what, what can we do? First, figure out who they are. Understand that high performance is task-based that it's it's not i can't tell you that all high performers have certain attributes no it's very task-based and so you need to be able to have the tasks uh have have it calibrated so that you know what type of person this is the magic of job fit and with that um you've got the ability to match people to the jobs um, quick case in point. So I rented a car. I met somebody who was completely, I met some, and they were a high performer. So I'm describing a high performer for their task. They were low energy. They were antisocial, hated people. Um, so they have, they were the little troll in the booth in the Baltimore airport parking garage, taking tickets. 
perfect for their job. Come back in 20 years, they will happily still be sitting on that little metal stool doing their job in a fine way. So we've got lots of different tasks. We have to understand that high performance is task based task specific you can't just do broad broad brush strokes with this for instance i rented a car i met somebody who was a high performer for their job perfect fit i mean come back in 20 years they will still be there happy doing your job they were antisocial, didn't like people low energy didn't want to move they were the little troll in the booth at the parking garage exit who would sit there on their little stool, slide the window and say, give me ticket. Um, Perfect for their job. You know, somebody who is suspicious and doesn't trust anyone. Great. Put them in purchasing, make them an auditor. Okay. Where one of the first things we have to do is get really good at job fit. So we start with knowing your people and getting them in the right spot on the train. Now, why is it that companies don't already know their people and have them in the right spots in the train? Why is this so hard to accomplish? You'd think this would be like business 101. Well, it's kind of interesting. Remember, I was talking high performers. In general, think about, hey, everybody listening, think about who is front of mind for you, who is in your office or who you're having meetings with? Is it the high performers or is it the low performers? It's the low performers. You're trying to get them to be mediocre performers. Okay. They are the squeaky wheels getting a lot of attention. If I were to take everybody who's listening and pull them into a room and say, why don't you pay attention to high performers? The answer that would come back, and it always comes back the same. We don't need to. They're doing fine. I don't want to micromanage them. Okay. Well, with the power vested in me by this giant microphone, (laughs) I make everybody listening a high performer. What motivates you? Yeah, it's it's challenge. It's recognition. I mean, it's different for everybody. It's it's stretch assignments. It's, um, you know, getting to go the next level with things. It's having a relationship with a boss you respect. Everything that drives a high performer comes from having a relationship with a boss they respect. And it's not human nature for a busy boss with their hair on fire riding a bicycle through hell uh, to spend unneeded time with somebody who appears to be doing just fine. So what I hear you saying is is bosses are putting a lot of time in to the lower performers and sort of ignoring the high performers. And what that's causing is the high performers to no longer feel connected, no longer to feel challenged, needed and they get bored, they look around and go somewhere else. Is that is that what you're saying? Simply put, yes. I mean, Tom, are high performers on LinkedIn? Yes. So it's Sunday night, high performers sitting there in their PJs, eating popcorn, watching, I don't know what the current show is. They just dropped a new 
set of Mandalorian episodes, whatever they're watching. And they get pinged on LinkedIn or they get pinged by a search firm that says, oh, and what search firm would they be pinged by, Tom? Uh, Stanton Chase International. So Stanton Chase pings them. And they'll say, I like what I do. They're thinking this. I like the people I work with, but I haven't had a good one-on-one with a boss that cares in more than two years. I think I'll take this call. And what's interesting, Tom, in the exit interview, they just want out of the room, virtual or not, they will lie and they will say that it's the money. It's not the money. You know, it's, it's that they weren't being seen as a person. And this is this is something that we're seeing throughout different industries and everything else. This is this is this is deep into, into our society. So I've got a couple of questions of how companies can go about fixing this. However, first, I've got to thank the other sponsor of this episode. So this episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment, training and guidance to ensure you're going to sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and that pesky technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing people who are making waves in business like Carl Ulrichs. Hey, if you <laughs> if you want to start a podcast, and I know, I know that some of you do because you call me and ask me questions about how to do it. If you want to start a podcast, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this program. All right, so Carl, if if we're facing this issue that you said is we're ignoring our high performers, they're getting bored, they're not feeling the love, what can companies do? What's the investment they can make right now in early 2022 to change this? I'm going to give you two things. First, spend money on training on active listening. Tom, that's something you teach, isn't it? Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. Because it's all about human connection requires communication and you can't have communication without good right. listening. So step number one, hire Tom to go do some active listening training for all of your supervisors. Point number two, a simple, now let's, let's assume we want something to be a simple tactic that doesn't cost money, that is very effective and is easily integrated into whatever busy lifestyle you've got. I learned this from my best boss ever. Harlan was always fussing with a piece of paper. And for those of you in radio land, I'm holding up a piece of paper that he carried in his jacket pocket. And he was always fussing with it, making marks on it, putting it back in. I had been there a couple of years and I noticed the piece of paper, but I also noticed that we as an organization never lost a high performer. They were connected. I called him on and said, hey, boss, what's that? He waves it at me and he says, this is why I'm the CEO. Okay. And he shows me the piece of paper. He says, I print this every Monday morning. It was a single sheet Excel spreadsheet with four columns and 31 names. 
he had, he had like 25 direct reports and a half a dozen client names on this. First column, everybody's name. Second column, a note about how they liked to communicate. If you know assessment tools, you could put in a disk code or Myers-Briggs type, whatever, or just whatever language you work in. Um, this person likes agendas. This person's very logical. This person's very feeling and fairness and values, whatever. You know, what? so who are they? What dialect do they speak? Third column, who are they as a human? What are they interested in when they're not sitting here? Uh, Ford pickup trucks. Cats, cats, cats. It's never just one cat. Um, grandchildren. You know, just, just so who are they? How do they communicate? What are their human interests? And the fourth column was blank. And what he was fiddling with was he was methodically, intentionally going through his world and communicating briefly with everybody on that list sometime during the week, checking them off. Got him, got him, got him, got him. And when Friday came, many times the high performers had not been touched because human nature. And I'd, I'd get a phone call driving home. And if it wasn't, if I was busy, he'd leave a voicemail. And the basic content was, how you doing? What's going on? And the killer question in the middle of this short interaction was he would make eye contact if he was face to face, but he would ask, is there anything I should know? Pow. No, I'm fine. We're up. We're good. Great. Actually, there is something. I noticed that the receptionist was getting hit on by one of the package delivery people. And, and we need to address that. Or I've heard that one of our competitors is up for sale. Or I've got somebody who might be a good fit for our organization. Or insert here. But it's an open-ended, powerful question. Is there anything I should know? I pushed back and said, how do you have the time to do this? You know, you're CEO. This, this, how do you have time to do this? This is 35 people. He smiled and said, this is the most important thing I do because by doing this and by asking that question, I don't have dumpster fires <laughs> pop up on Wednesday. I don't have a key person leave and it'd be a surprise. I, I don't have surprises. He says, then that makes the rest of my job. This, this frees up the time to do the rest of my job. He said, most important thing I do. So I love that story. And it actually reminds me of something a little different, but similar. The best boss I ever had was, was when I was in sales and he managed a sales team of about 10 people who were dispersed across the country. And he would travel in every couple of months and, and you know, spend a couple of days in your market. And the, sure. thing, the thing that he did is he got to know every one of his salespeople and he knew what motivated them. 
And it was different for everybody. I was young and newly married at the time. And we couldn't, mm-hmm. we were saving for a house. We couldn't afford to go out to like a fancy steakhouse or a sushi dinner or something like that. But he knew that my wife and I liked really nice dinners. So a few weeks before I would, uh, he would be coming to my market. He would say, look, if you make quota next week, or if you hit X, you know, marker next week, I'll take you and, and Sarah out to dinner, you know, any restaurant in town, pick a nice one. And, you know, so that would put a little fire under me for a couple of weeks to make sure I would get that because, you know, it would be a nice way to go out to one of the trendy, cool restaurants in Austin, Texas. And so that was fun. And then I found out later that there was another coworker who was a single mom who really liked having a little time to herself, but she didn't really get that because the kids got home from school in the afternoon. So when she would do something, he would say, hey, why don't you take next Friday? Don't work at all. Don't take a vacation day. Don't tell HR. Just don't work, you know, and that'll be our little secret. And she, hey, I'm from HR, so I'm, you're, you're crossing a dangerous path here, Tom. <laughs> but she, she loved that. You know, somebody else was motivated by some other thing. And so he would do whatever it was that was something that really got under that person. He would make little offers to them. And he managed one hell of a sales team. And, you know, I worked for him for several years. And I've always looked back and said, wow, he's the only person. I ever worked for who managed that way. And yet everyone that I've ever talked to who worked for him loved working for him. I just had a conversation with a coworker the other day and she said, she goes, it was that personal touch that he knew who I was and what I wanted out of the job and why I was going to work every day. He didn't treat us like cattle. Right. Uh, You've just put a finger on the pulse of why people are, Resigning. I don't. I don't call it a great resignation. I kind of call it the great repurposing, uh, the redefinition, where people are realizing is you know it's kind of like uh, a colleague of ours, Bruce Turkle, just wrote a book called "Is That All There Is," where it's what's what's your purpose in life, and so you'll see a lot of these people who are resigning. They've got a side hustle. Uh, they may have two side hustles. And this was somewhat made possible by the changes in healthcare law 10 years ago, where nobody could get carved out of an individual policy. So people could leave the mothership of uh, employee benefits and, and go set up their own side hustle and, and get benefits, even though they may have a spouse who's diabetic or asthmatic. Anyway, uh, I think that We've already covered the biggest thing, the biggest point I was going to make, which is if, if you want to be sustainable, step one, figure out who your high performers are. You will be surprised. It varies by task. Second, listen to them. And this kind of brings up the issue of who's a better manager for the future, an introvert or an extrovert? Well, it's always the it's always the introverts because introverts are actually better networkers because introverts will actually listen more and ask more questions. So in, introverts are always better at building relationships. They have fewer relationships, but they're stronger and deeper. Yes, and my Excel spreadsheet exercise will get them out of their friggin' offices. All right, so you or bring now them. we're we're doing things, you know, through Zoom, through phone, through text. Doesn't matter. It gets them outreaching. So, so you bring up something interesting and that is you're talking about that a lot of these people, you know, before they leave, they, they kind of have a side hustle. They have a passion project that they're working on. And it made me remember 
20, 30 years ago, companies frowned on anybody having any type of side hustle. I mean, I know some people who got threatened with being fired because they had a side hustle. Oh, I've got, I got stories. Yeah. And now everybody kind of has a side hustle and, and, and businesses, you know, aren't really fighting against it. So how do you think that plays into, you know, the, the future? If, if everybody's got a side hustle, your boss knows that everybody supports it. Aren't you more likely to be able to leave if your, if your hustle does well? Yeah. Um, they were going to leave anyway. By you being an ally for the side hustle, they're staying 10% longer. Right. Which is actually, you, you mentioned that before, and I actually wrote that down, that that's actually a really smart thing. You're not going to keep them forever, but if no. you can pe- keep people a little bit longer. I'm just well, saying 10%. Yep. You're just right. saying 10%. Nice. Although I do have to share a quick HR horror story. We had a 1099 part-time person in helping with the busy season. And she was, she had a, a, a side hustle in more ways than one. She was running a pay-per-view oh, no. uh, <laughs> take my clothes off site. Uh-oh. And she was handing out cards for that to all of our employees saying, hey, if you like, which is, hey, would you like to see more? Come log on to my site. And was irritated. That, she said, that's my time after hours. And I said, it doesn't fit the values and ethics of our organization. So I recommend you go across the street and get a job at the hardware store where they don't ask that question. We, we could do a whole separate episode on that. Hey, oh, yeah. hey, as we wrap this up, what is your last tip that you wish every C-level executive knew when it came to dealing with people? Oh, it's three things. Know your people, know your people, know your people. <laughs> Just, uh, it's, we are no longer in a one-size-fits-all world. And it requires good emotional intelligence and good listening skills because one of your key people is going to show up and say, I need every Thursday morning off. Well, our policies are... I need every Thursday morning off, not negotiable. And it may be that they're responsible for their mother's dialysis. And and they will be off Thursday mornings. Challenge. You have to have enough trust with the rest of the employee population that this one size fits one deal for Thursday morning means that you'll do a one size fits one deal with the next person. And we all know anytime you do a one off deal, you will get punished at some point by someone but accept that that's the that's the new normal. Well, and I know from my own experience, when when a boss goes the extra mile to give you that Thursday morning so you can take care of that parent or whatever it is, uh, you actually breed extreme loyalty with that person because we all have our own stuff going on in the world. And that stuff used to be when I started my career, you left the stuff at the door. Nowadays, in today's world, we, we bring our, stubs, our stuff with us everywhere we go, and, yeah. uh, and bosses that understand that, I think, go a lot longer. Hey, I really appreciated uh, this conversation, Carl. Thank you very much. If someone wanted to find you, uh, where, where, would they, where would they find more information about Carl Ulrichs? Well, good news. My name is a very weird one. If you write this down and look, go to LinkedIn, uh, its last name is A-H-L-R-I-C. H, S is in Sam. First name is Carl with the K. I have a website, Expert Speaks. 
dot com because nobody could spell my last name. <laughs> and uh, on HR things, on communication things, just in general, that's what I do. Um, I am uh, a, a national expert on ethics and critical thinking. Awesome. Well, thank you again for being here on this episode. And it's funny when you talk about nobody could spell the name. So, you know, you just had to come up with expert speaks. I, uh, if you go to Tom Singer, T-O-M-S-I-N-G-E-R.com. Which I did. It will redirect to Tom Singer, T-H-O-M-S-I-N-G-E-R. Because I figured when I started uh, writing books and speaking, if I was on a radio show and I said, go to TomSinger.com, nobody would ever figure out how to spell Tom with, with leaving the H from Thomas in there. Uh, I bought, uh, I bought getcarl.com. Nice. Nice. All right, Carl, thank you so much for being here. And thank you to everybody who tuned in and listened. I appreciate you all for being here. Go out there, flex your business muscles. Make sure your career ladder is against the correct wall. Cause you don't want to climb the career ladder and find out you're in the wrong place when you get to the top. And when you're out there doing all this work, have some fun along the way. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Making Waves at Sea Level podcast. Without your listening to these in-depth conversations, there would be no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter and Instagram at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.